We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, January 5th, 2018. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. Overview of today's podcast, as we always do, we're going to go over some top news from the last couple of days around the league. Broad topic of the day, the meat of the podcast is can they keep it up? I'm going to list a player <laughs> and something they've been doing, and I'm going to keep these guys in line as much as I can. This might be a not-safe-for-work podcast, <laughs> but we'll see. So, again, I'm going to list a player. Uh, let's just do one for example. DeMarcus Cousins is the first one to talk about. Can he keep it up? Can he be a top-five fantasy player for the rest of the season? So that's one example. We'll get into about ten more of those. And then, of course, we'll finish things off with... Our Friday FanDuel picks after Ken gives us his crazy old man rant. But first, Ken has some breaking news or top news for us. Let's cut to the breaking news. The first bullet point really is just for you, DJ, to lay more expertise. Uh, Westbrook, yet another triple-double last night versus the Clippers, 29, 11, and 12. 
DJ's Thunder on an eight and two run. Paul George with 31 points. Seems like Mello is cool being a third wheel and sort of realizes that's what it's, you know, he just should be a catch and shoot guy for the, your Thunder to win. Do you agree, DJ? Yeah, so if, if you listen around the media landscape, over the last week, week and a half, people have started to realize and theorize that what's happening right now is Westbrook is doing his thing. He's option 1A, he's option 1B, and he's even option 2. And then Paul George is you know option real option 2 and Carmelo 3, and, and it seems like everybody's on the same page before. Um, they were all kind of splitting time, trying not to hurt feelings, um, but really, the Thunder are most efficient when Russell Westbrook is doing his thing, and then everybody around him is just chipping in where they can, and of course, Paul George and Carmelo Anthony can chip in at such a higher rate than anybody that's really ever played. Efficiently chip in. Efficiently Efficient. chip in, yeah. exactly. I mean, Paul George, 12 of 16 last night. Mello, 9 of 12. You know, when you score 31 on 16 shots, that's pretty awesome. Exactly, and Paul George is leading the league by a long shot. I think he's averaging like 2.4 steals per game, so that also helps. Shannon, I, what I really think happened is is Carmelo Anthony looked himself in the mirror. He said, I'm 33 years old. He's been watching Russell Westbrook um, be an alpha male out there. And maybe, finally, Carmelo has said to himself, maybe I'm not the best option on my team right now. I think it was just a coaching decision, and they decided we need to unleash Russ and, and change up the workload. And, and they did so. And, I mean, it, it, it directly corresponds with when they started to turn it on and, and perform well. And, and Russ has been lights out ever since. Carmelo's took that backseat. He is now the clear third option. He, I mean, it's pretty obvious by stats. Some nights he's going really well, and they'll, they'll give him more shots. Um, but, but that's all he's there for is to take shots. And, and on the nights when he's hot, they'll ride him a little bit harder. But it's Russ is, like you said, the clear 1A and 1B option. And then Paul George. They're, they're going to let Russ to continue to be Russ. And, I mean, with this team, there's zero to worry about. They have the second best point points against per game in the NBA. The second best behind Toronto. Uh, I just, or I'm sorry, behind Boston. Um, it's it. Their point differential is third best in the Western Conference behind Golden State and the Rockets. So I would not worry about them at all. I know I know you were worried earlier this season, DJ, but sure. they're twenty two and seventeen now. You know, let's over the next forty games. I expect them to be better than that. So you know, t- better than twenty. Well, to, Shan- to Shannon's I mean, credit, they could, they could be like they could be like twenty eight and twelve over the next forty games, and they'll be looking damn good. To Shannon's credit, we were throwing stones at the Thunder last two months, and he kept saying, ah, they'll be fine. And I think he's right. Well, yeah. I mean, we all said that it needed 20, 30 games to gel. Yeah. I think I started to hit the panic meter because I you know, I, I usually give teams 20 games, and we were, we were beyond 20 games, and things weren't looking great. But here we are, a super team performing really well. And, and more than anything, Ken, I think Carmelo Anthony loves to make a three and do that stupid little three-point to the head thing. Mm-hmm. And he realizes, oh my goodness, if I just stand here in the corner and not do anything, I can do <laughs> right. this like five, six times a game. And I love doing <laughs> exactly. this. So I think that's the you real know, reason catch why Catching and shooting is a lot easier than running around picks yes. and stuff, yes. you know, or dribbling. 
<laughs> yeah, we had a, uh, you know, we play Roto Hoops here in Madison and we had uh, a, a kid that worked for us. He doesn't anymore. He'd come to Roto Hoops and he was a huge Knicks fan. Really wasn't that good. I'm not either. But he would just jack up threes just so he could do the Carmelo three to the head <laughs> thing. And so he'd attempt like, I don't know what, Shannon, like 12. I'm talking about max. Like 12. And then he'd make one. And then he would just go hard into the three to the head <laughs> thing. Like, you know, like like skipping backwards and like giving high That's fives. That's who, like when the game's starting, you want to make sure you're standing next to that guy. So you're guarding him, you know, it, when the game's Oh, I got this guy. The only shoots threes, can't dribble, little overweight. <laughs> yeah, guy. and the... The made the one made three out of twelve attempts would be an inadvertent uh, like bank, bank shot. Yeah, <laughs> right. no glass. Just he'd yeah, still do it. doesn't yeah, call glass. The head. Yeah. yeah, he'd still do it. <laughs> Those guys are fun to get a block on. When you know all they do is catch and shoot, you can get a cheap block on them. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Moving on. Anyway, moving on. Other news. So uh, Lonzo Ball full practice yesterday, but is questionable for tonight against Charlotte. Guys, do you think it's safe to uh, go with Ball at all against Kemba Walker tonight? Uh, was it ever really safe to go with Ball? I don't know. I mean, he was coming into his own a little bit. Uh, Shannon can probably attest to it more than I can. I think, you know, you, you have more shares of Lonzo Ball, and you've also been using him more readily in DFS. Um, I, I don't know that it ever was safe. Um, but he did have those games where you know he would just break out and and he would flirt with a dr- triple double or even get a triple double at what like s- mid six thousands on Fanduel where he was really valuable from time to time. But I would definitely not say that he was consistent or reliable. Yeah, I mean part of the issue about rolling rolling with him tonight is he's questionable still. He's not you know he's not probable. It's questionable. They're playing in LA, so we might not hear. We might not hear if he's a go until after lineups lock. Um, if he plays, yeah, he's he's worth looking at. Uh, I mean, there's always risk with Lonzo. He's been inconsistent, but some of the issues, such as you know his inefficiency shooting, doesn't really play in DFS. Um, it's all the counting stats, right. stats that he racks up that that has made it so he has those those big nights. Um, and it, at his price point. Those big nights are extremely valuable. So if he if he's active, he's worth a look. Does Latvia have daily fantasy for the brothers playing overseas? You think they have a high salary? I think they're going to be bench fodder. For yes. most of, I mean, there's actually some good. Um, I thought the coach said he's going to play him. I thought the coach said he's going to. You know, maybe it was just a little PR stunt. But well, I mean, the whole thing's a PR stunt. But the, uh, the whole thing is definitely a PR stunt. It's the definition <laughs> of a PR stunt. But I, I don't know. I, See, the thing is that like their teammates are comprised of guys that were like actually really good in college. Like I think Aaron White of Iowa, I could be totally wrong. Aaron White of Iowa is on their team and he was a really, really good player in college. And we're talking about, you know, a kid who like never really played a game for UCLA and a kid who's only ever played AAU yeah. ball. It's just it's all a PR stunt. And 10 pounds. That, 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 that youngest ball looks about 10 pounds. His hair weighs nine pounds. <laughs> in in Lonzo Ball, in the older, the eldest brother's absence, uh, Jordan Clarkson has really been the one. Even though Tyler Ennis has stepped into the starting lineup, Jordan Clarkson has averaged twenty nine minutes over those six games since Christmas Day. Sixteen points, three rebounds, four assists, a steal, and that's the kind of guy that you know I, I would lean on um, if Ball continues to be out. Not so much in Ennis's. Uh, way because he's just kind of a starter by name, not in minutes in production. That's some actual. That, there's the insightful analysis people are looking for. Not my hair jokes. Good job. Good job. All right. Uh, third. Hey, uh, speaking of triple doubles, as we did with Westbrook, Draymond Green 
Also with a big triple-double last night against the Hardenless Rockets. Uh, 17 points, 14 boards, 10 assists. A little side note, by the way, I strongly recommend uh, you go to Draymond, Draymond's Twitter feed, at Money23Green, hysterical Dave Chappelle clip he posted where he actually makes fun of Green. Not safe for work. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Uh, with Harden out, gentlemen, until January 15th, do you think the Rockets have a shot at catching Golden State? Well, the way he posed that question, Shannon, I, at first I was about to say yes, but then he compared them to Golden State, and I think the obvious answer is no. Well, they have a shot. I mean, they're they're only what two games, they're three games back, three, three games, games Golden back. Golden State, I, they have a shot. I mean, they barely have. I mean, they they kind of have a shot to do it, even with Harden is on the court, much less when right. he's off the court. I'm not saying they're going to, but yes, I mean they're within range right now. So so who knows? I, you know, the takeaways for me from a fantasy perspective from that game, when I'm looking at it, are a few different things on the Golden State side. Zaza Pachulia started at center. Um, Jordan Bell moved to the bench. He only played six minutes mm. and did basically nothing. He had one block and zeros across the board from there. I'm assuming this was more matchup-based, and they just like Zaza more against, against Clint Capella. Um, but it is something to watch for anyone who added Bell recently. Um, it's something where I would, I would probably put him on my bench and hold. Um, for now, I'm not going to drop him and just, you know, I'm not going to have that trigger reaction to, to a six-minute game. Um, I'm going to wait to see where things go from here. Um, and then one other guy on, on the Rocket side. Actually, we can mention two guys on the Rocket side. First, we're going to mention Gerald Green. We kind of yeah, joked, we joked about him. Two-time Celtic. Lit it up. Lit it up. He knocked down eight three-pointers last night, played 34 minutes off the bench. You know, as we mentioned on last week's episode, he just signed with the Rockets. He wasn't even playing in the NBA. He immediately stepped into a big role. And obviously, you know, a big part of it is because Harden's now hurt. Right, but, Gordon's starting. He's kind of become the Gordon. Well, I may, I'm jumping to conclusions, but he's sort of the Eric Gordon, Vinnie Johnson points off the bench guy now. Yeah, no, yeah, no, sure. definitely, definitely. And it's... It's encouraging. I, if you need three-point shooting just for the next week or so while Harden's out, uh, Green's worth a look. And on the DFS side, uh, I felt like a fool for not starting Green last night on DFS. He was such an obvious play at $4,000. Um, it's not just a flash in the pan either. I mean, that's back-to-back games where he's... he's fifteen. Got- How many guys even get 15 attempts? <laughs> Much well, less shots, threes, not the three-pointers. Yeah, yeah 15 three-point attempts, yeah. He's 15 for 25 from downtown over the past two games. Wow. <laughs> over, the, over the past four games, he is 21 for 35 from downtown. So, I mean, he's getting, you know, eight, nine attempts and on have you, average Speaking of hair jokes, have you seen the rocket weave he has oh, on the yeah. back of his that head? really cool, oh, yeah. Sweet. That must have been short notice, too. He must travel with a guy. <laughs> Some of those guys do. I don't know if Gerald Green's making the <laughs> you money. Think, you would to think do he that, wouldn't. But, right, right. Yeah, he. I mean, he's been a breath of fresh air for them. I think Eric Gordon 2.0 is a perfect comp, Ken. And and in fact, if you look at three points attempts and three points made, he's actually a little better in that regard. Given only a two game stint, things are going to kind of average out, um, but still a great value play. Here's the big question, Shannon, that I'm grappling with. 
Well, two questions. Is Gerald Green going to maintain this same success? And even if it comes down a little bit, he's still valuable. And then, you know, let's say you got $75 of a $100 fab budget left. How much are you spending on Gerald Green, given that Harden is supposed to miss the next two weeks, could miss up to six weeks? It's still all very much up in the air. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a temporary thing. I'm, I'm not going to spend a boatload of money, but if it's, if it's, you know, if I've got 70 of a hundred dollars left and I, I need three point shooting bad. Yeah. I would toss 10 bucks out. 10 bucks. Yeah. yeah I think 10 bucks is fair. I, I don't think anybody should get overly excited because again, this guy, you know, didn't have a job a couple of weeks right, ago and right. there's a reason for that. Although I will say he's been playing so well, so well he's, that he might've earned himself a spot in the rotation has. for the rest of the season. Even I, when Harden comes back, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that. I it, it's, you know, obviously it'll be a lighter load once Harden gets back. But is he good for 25 minutes a game between now and when Harden returns and and a couple threes per game? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And no, he's not going to continue to shoot 60%. You're not picking him up because you think he's going to hit seven or eight threes a game. It's because you think he's going to hit two or three and play 25 minutes, which there's value to be had there if you need three-point shooting. Very good point there. Hey, Rotowire clan, we know how frustrating it can be to play in DFS tournaments only to be dominated week in and week out by sharks and pro players. Did you know that 91% of the money is won by 1% of the players? Well, now, finally, we found a new daily fantasy game where you actually have a chance to win. With DraftEasy.com's rapid-fire game, all you do is pick which player in five two-player matchups you think will score the most fantasy points. Get four out of five picks right and triple your money. It's that draft easy. No salary caps, no math, no competition. Just you against the house. Sign up at DraftEasy.com now with promo code ROTOWIRE and get a free shot at $50. Check this. For ROTOWIRE users, get at least one pick right and score $20 for free. And for January, DraftEasy has a crazy deposit match bonus with no drip up to $100. Go now. DraftEasy.com. Fantasy sports made easy. Fellas, let's get into the meat of the podcast where we're going to spend most of our time today. Ken, cue the cheesy shock jock radio. We're going to call this segment. Again, I I warned you, not safe for work. It it has the potential to not be safe for work. Can they keep it up? Can these players, and the thing I'm going to mention alongside these players, can they keep it up for the rest of the season? Uh, I teased it. Let's actually talk about it now. DeMarcus Cousins is pretty much a top five fantasy player across all formats. Shannon, can he continue? Can he keep it up? Can he be a top five fantasy player all season long? Absolutely. Good yes. blood flow. I don't I don't see why not. <laughs> no. He's been he's been a beast. No. He's been oh a beast. The God. only How about qu- off the rails. Ed, Ed, is Davis gonna stay healthy too? We like to he, he not like a big injury, but he's always gonna get these little rinky dink dings where he sits a few games and that just helps cousins also but go ahead champ sure and with you know anytime davis does miss time there's obviously more upside for cousins the only question i have is whether or not cousin cousins gets traded and we've discussed that in the past you know that's the only thing that could change his value right now with the current team setup assuming he stays with the pelicans for the rest of the year then yes I think he's going to hold, continue to be a top five, top six fantasy player. Um, so there's going no to keep chucking those ugly threes. Absolutely. 
I, it's fine. As long as he's making 2.2 right. per game, I'm okay with it. So right. exactly. outside of the very obvious concern that, that Shannon gave us is that if he gets traded, you know, things could change. The other concern that I have, which is less than the main concern of him potentially getting traded, is the fact that he's averaging 5.1 assists right now. And the majority of that has happened when Rondo had not been on the court because he was injured to begin the season. And also Davis just hadn't been out there for, you know, a handful of those games too. So a big thing that needs to happen for for me, for him to remain a top five fantasy player, is he needs to continue averaging five assists per game. And I don't know if that could happen. I know he's done it a little bit here and there with both Rondo and Davis healthy, but that's the thing that's vaulted him up into top five um, rankings. And that's the thing that, you know, needs to stick. I know he's going to score. I know he's going to rebound, block shots, get steals, and he's going to shoot threes i don't know if you can maintain that level of assists let me ease those concerns for you dj over the past month he's still averaging five assists per game over the past two weeks he's averaging 5.3 assists per game he's got the ball in his hands a lot he's still getting those assists my the only worry i would have if he moved to another team is if it's a deeper team because right now you've got davis holiday and cousins and essentially nothing else on that pelicans team if he goes to a deeper team that has more legit options that runs five six seven players legit players deep then yes he'll still be one of the top two scoring options but there's going to be other legit options behind him right now he doesn't really have that you know what he has davis and, and and holiday and that's it and i believe the pelicans are all in for getting that crappy eighth seed in the west they're all in for just barely getting in the playoffs and losing in the first round of the Warriors. Yeah, you know, and that just means crazy more minutes for Cousins. And and I don't think they trade him because they're just so desperate to make the playoffs. Ken, I was listening back to our podcast last week or two weeks ago, and you made a great point that you know it didn't hit me right away, um, but it really hit me now is that you know an eighth spot to the Pelicans means so much to them in that franchise because they desperately need it. They haven't been there. They need to prove that this two big man system works. The fact that they brought Holiday back, you know, it needs to be justified. Where somebody like the Clippers, you know, they should blow it up because an eight an eight seed to them is meaningless and it's actually a yeah. slap in the face. And that was a great point that you made. And and you know, I think you're right. And that might be a reason why uh, the Clippers get rid of everybody, but the Cousins retain everybody. And you look at these two teams and you're saying, well, they both were fighting for an eight seed. Why did one team decide to blow it up? One team not because you know it means eight seed means something else for each individual franchise let's keep it moving here guys um victor oladipo can he I want, let oh, me take ahead. that one yes he can go ahead rattle those stats up okay can he continue to play at an all-star level right now he's on track to be an all-star he's certainly an all-star candidate at the very least 25 points five rebounds four assists uh two steals um one block, which is just insane for a point guard <laughs> shooting guard eligible player 2.73s per game Shannon, or Ken, you already answered it here. Do you think that he can continue to keep it up and be an all-star caliber player? Absolutely, uh, for a few reasons. One, he and Miles Turner are the future of that franchise. They're going to keep feeding him. He gets to do whatever he wants. And I think he loves the freedom of not playing next to uh, Westbrook uh, and being the focal point. Number two, he has this history you know, he, he wasn't very good as a freshman at Indiana either, but got progressively better uh, um, at the University of Indiana. And that's exactly what's happened here in the pros. He escaped terrible magic franchise and didn't know what to do with him. But also, he's the kind of guy that shows gradual improvement with each year. And we're seeing that again here at the NBA level. 
I, I agree with you, Ken. Uh, I absolutely think he keeps it up, and he's only his he's only gotten stronger as the season's gone on. December prior to his injury. December was his best month. He was averaging 29 points per game, 3.5 three-pointers. I think he would have – he still should have, but I think he would have won Eastern Conference Player of the Month for December yeah. if he didn't miss the last two or three games of the month. Yep. LeBron knee, James yeah. ended up being awarded that this week. But, I mean, there was no one playing as good in the Eastern Conference as Victor Oladipo in December. Mm-hmm. He – it just amazes me. He continues to get stronger. So, yes, absolutely. I'm buying it. He is going to keep it up all year long. So I will happily be the pessimist for this segment. And the one caveat I would say to this is that the Pacers right now are 19-19. and 19. They currently have the eight seed in the East. If for whatever reason, as a team, they falter, they start to slide, start to slide, they get to a point where it seems like maybe they won't be able to even make the playoffs, then what's going to happen is the Pacers brass is going to say, Oladipo is our future. We need to conserve him. We need to ease off his minutes. We need to ease off his games played. So that's my one concern. But as of right now, they're fighting for a playoff spot, and I think they want him on the court as long as possible. So my one concern is, you know, are the Pacers actually going to be in contention, and is he going to be out on the court? Otherwise, sure, I agree. It's all three of us agree he should be at an all-star caliber play for the rest of this season. Let's move on to our buddy Ham Sandwich here, Robert Covington. Will he remain a top 20 fantasy player? Um, A large reason why he is a top 20 fantasy player right now um, is because he's only missed two games, and that really does matter when you're factoring in um, the the threes, the blocks, and the steals that he gets because they accumulate so much um, over time. So, Shannon, will Ham Sandwich, a.k.a. Robert Covington, remain a top 20 fantasy player uh, for the rest of the season? No. No, he will not. He can't keep it up. He he cannot wah, keep wah, it up. Wah. That's the opposite of the Boeing news noise. He, wah, he, wah. We're already seeing it from him. I mean, over the past two weeks, he's he's down to he's he's not even a top one hundred player based on averages. He's still playing thirty minutes per game, but his shootings went down incredibly. He's he's under th- under forty percent from the floor over those two weeks. Eight point three point. Yeah, he's very streaky and and. That's I think that's what we're going to see from. Is he still going to be a great fantasy option? He's still get, yes, sure. he's going to get you tons of threes. Tons Nobody of paid top twenty money for Robert Covington. No, exactly. So is he still a top seventy fantasy player? Yes. Is is did we see his peak? You know, two weeks ago was he at his peak? Yeah, I also believe that. So mm-hmm. I w- best bet would have been you sold high on him in mid December. If you haven't, there's still plenty of value that you can hold on to. Shot 34% last 10 games. He's going to be up and down. Career 41% shooter. He's going to be up and down. Yeah, certainly. I, I think, you know, top 70 might not be giving him enough credit because, again, he helps out in those three categories that I mentioned blocks, steals, and three pointers, considering he's shooting guard eligible in pretty much every format. Uh, that, you know, almost one block per game really, really helps him out in, in reaching top 20 and retaining maybe top 50. Again, if we want to talk about the A seed, 76ers, it would mean so much to them to make the playoffs. I think it's full speed ahead with their core group of guys, Shannon. One Covington question for you guys Markel Fultz is nearing a return, or mm. appears to be nearing a return. Ooh, good point. Do, that's going to take some usage away from Covington. Got it. Well, Got it. So 
I was they're not going to bench Reddick at all the money he's making. Yeah, I, I kind of it's it's tough because what Fultz absolutely cannot do that Covington can is is Covington's one of the best defenders in the league, and he's a three and D uh-huh. guy. And in theory, they could shift him down all the way down to the four if they wanted to run a small ball lineup with Saric or Embiid at the five. Um, and I think that you know, like they'll they'll figure out a way. Um, where Covington's minutes are not affected, I would be way more afraid if I'm JJ Redick. It's not that is. It's not that I still expect him to play over 30 minutes a game. It's just more about the the usage, the opportunity. Yeah. You know, he's averaging a career career high 11.3 attempts per game this year. So does that drop? Does that drop by one or two attempts after Fultz returns? And I think that's a possibility because Saric continues to improve. Embiid improves as well. I think there's I think there's another level for Simmons. He's kind of hit somewhat of a wall, but there's going to be another level where I think he steps up and starts taking more attempts. And then you you add Fultz to the mix as well. So it's it's not that Covington's a bad player or will will you know his his fantasy value will drop off a cliff. There's still going to be plenty of it, but I do worry somewhat that is just going to have slightly lower usage once Fultz is at full strength. Well, I think you can elongate that out and say that. Embiid owners should be concerned. Simmons owners should be concerned. Saric. Because they have, the the 76ers that is, they need to figure out a way to integrate Fultz into the lineup. And just like we've seen with the Thunder where it takes 20 games to gel, it's going to take this young team some time to figure out exactly what Fultz should, you know, role should be on this team. Um, they all like him. They're all friends. And they know that this is a longer term project. So they might actually play too nice. Um, and be a little more reserved because they know that you know he's in the long term picture here. We need to figure out a way to integrate him. Um, if they- we also we also know the Sixers though are awfully slow in bringing back guys with injury. They're going to play it overly. What's the right term? Cautiously here with Fultz's knee, and um, I think they're going to go slow. Yeah, it could be. Well, well, we'll know soon. It sounds like he's on his way back, right? Let's keep it moving here, guys. Somebody we really haven't talked about much this season, and I haven't really heard anybody talk about him too much, but he certainly deserves credit, especially mm-hmm. in the fantasy circle. Spencer Dinwiddie, and I checked this on multiple different platforms, CBS, ESPN. Can he continue to be a top 30 fantasy player this season? Shannon, I'm going to start with you because – over the course of the last three years since we've been doing this podcast together, you've been over, you've been on top of Brooklyn players more so than most. So I feel like you've got a good grip on Spencer Dinwiddie. When, when I'll be honest with you, like I've, I've just kind of passed him over. I haven't even really given him any any credential whatsoever. But he's he's a top thirty, and I think even a top twenty five on most fantasy websites right now. Well, and I, I had a lot of opportunities to watch Dinwiddie earlier in his career when he was with the Pistons right. as well. And when the Pistons drafted him, um, you know, he was an injured college player. Um, they were really high on him. Uh, as a Pistons fan, there were some things to like. But I never expected, after after watching him for, for a couple years with Pistons, I never expected him to be what he's turned into with the Nets. Um, nor do I expect this to continue. Uh, D'Angelo Russell is returning, and that's basically going to make Dinwiddie expendable. I mean, he's not going to be in the lineup. He's not, he's not a good enough player get minutes over Russell. He'll still be in the rotation, but I just can't admit, I can't envision him being a long-term starter for that team. We've also seen his production start to drop uh, recently. He's had some good games that, that, that turn out to be solid because of the matchups. Um, but over the past, 
over the past month on Yahoo, he's only been about a top 70 player based on averages. He'll hit some threes, get some assists. Doesn't do much on defense, though, and his, his shooting percentage is horrible. I'm not a believer. I don't think he's going to hold value. I don't think he's a top 100 player the rest of the way. So Don't you also feel that organization has to make this trade look a little better with Kuzma just lighting it up for the Lakers? I know, you know Kuzma wasn't named in the trade. It was the resulting pick. I just feel like they're under the gun a little. I mean, they're getting some kudos for not being atrocious, but aren't the Nets under the gun a little to show that this Russell move was a good one? Of course, and they were really kind of hoping that Russell would be a dark horse um, all-star candidate. And, you know, it's not going to happen because he's been injured, but, you know, he had a chance to be that in the East. Um, But I I, want to counter Shannon's statement with, you know, the Nets came into the season with Jeremy Lin as a starter and Russell as a starter. Why can't Dinwiddie simply fill in for that Jeremy Lin role? They were already kind of expecting to to run out two point guard types. Do you think that Dinwiddie is going to fall behind Alan Crabb as the you know starting second guard? Once well, Crabb can play healthy? three too, but Crabb can also play the three. So I I like right. that point. Right, but you got Carroll there. I think you have to. You can't have Crabb and well, it's I'm tough. A, I'm a big fan of Levert. I've, I've mentioned that in the past. Mm-hmm. So you know. Lever, I, I would give him the edge over Dinwiddie. Um, he's he's a versatile swingman, uh, wingman. He can play he can play both guard spots and small forward. Um, I think he's going to be above Dinwiddie in the pecking order. And that's not to say I don't like Dinwiddie has his place in the NBA. I think I believe he is a decent backup point guard. He plays good hard defense. He can hit some three pointers. He he does an okay job playmaking. But his stats are inflated just because he's been giving a role, an inflated role that he really doesn't deserve. Sure. And well, one bias against Dinwiddie, he looks like he's 35 years old. He does. He's only 24, <laughs> but he looks like he's been in the CBA for 10 years. And you think, hey, there's a guy who made his 10-day contract, you know, made good on that 10-day contract. Nice job. And you're like, oh, he's 24? What? Yeah. He looks like he should be smoking cigs outside the arena. <laughs> um, yeah. We share it. Yeah, wish, wish Shannon. <laughs> Shannon doesn't smoke anymore. Oh, um, that's right. Uh, so, uh, uh, again, before we move on, it's a, round, a resounding no. Can he keep it up for the rest of the season? No. Wah, wah, wah. But one of the factors, just since we haven't mentioned that why he is a top 30 fantasy player, it's because he's averaging 0.4 blocks per game. Again, for a point guard eligible player, averaging almost half a block per game, that's huge when it comes to overall value because he's already getting the assists. He's already getting the high free throw percentage that point guards typically give you. Let's move on here. To Justin Holiday of the Chicago Bulls, he's averaging 34 minutes per game here. Can he keep it up for the rest of the season, given that um, our boy Levine is going to be coming back at some point? But as she, uh, Ken has already mentioned um, with the 76ers, there's no reason to rush Levine back. And even when he is back, there's no reason to play him every single game, night in, night out. So can Justin Holiday, who has been generally a top 40 fantasy players so far this year average 34 minutes per game for the rest of the season shannon you're shaking your head no no he's not going to continue to average i don't think he's going to continue to average 30 plus minutes per game i will i will say this levine is going to get the the you know the the share of minutes at shooting guard holiday can play some three so I do expect him to actually get more minutes at three than he has been so far this season. Um, so he will still continue to be a, a, a large part of the Chicago Bulls rotation. But 
when you when you look at his per minute production, it's taking him thirty four minutes per game to score thirteen and a half points and grab four and a half rebounds. Yeah. If you cut you know eight to ten minutes off of that, there's a significant decline in his production across the board. Where he's you know in twelve ten and twelve team leagues, he probably doesn't warrant value after Levine gets gets up to 100% and is playing a full load of minutes. Again. And you talk about a you talk about an embattled front office that desperately needs some positive PR. I don't know if it gets worse than how badly run the Bulls have been. They desperately need to show that that Butler trade was worth something. And uh Holiday's 28, right? So he's not going to I mean, he can find bench guy, but whenever they do turn things around in Chicago, I can't imagine they envision Holiday as a major part of that. Yeah, I'm glad Shannon picked up on this. Um, you know, there was a reason why I phrased it as Ken Holiday averaged 34 minutes per game and not can he remain a top 40 fantasy player because um, his per 36 minute or per 36 stats are not great, um, and he really does need those full 34 minutes a game um, to be considered a reliable fantasy option. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting thing to keep our pulse on. Let's move to a couple guys I want to talk about. Can they average this many points per game? Um, let's start with Lou Williams. 22 Sweet points Lou. per game. Can he continue to average 22 points per game? Can he keep it up? That's my vote for yes. I think he will. They're desperate for points. Austin Rivers is hurt. When does, when does Rivers get back? He's been soon. dealing with day-to-day injuries oh, okay. so soon, yeah. But I mean, terrible backcourt. No Beverly. They hit, you know, he he's proven he can play even though he's 110 years old. I think he does. The the answer is yes and no. If he stays with the Clippers, the answer is yes, he can continue uh, to average 22 points per game. He even I've been really encouraged for, by the past couple games cuz even after Blake Griffin came back from injury, Lou Williams is still pouring it in, 40 points, 33 points, yeah. 26 points. That's what he does. So I, exactly. I mean, he's, he's made to make buckets. That's what he does. Now, if he gets traded, it's, it's, it's not in the cards. His production didn't drop to what we saw last, the last few seasons when he's basically a, a gun for hire for a playoff, a, a playoff team. And that's what I expect to have, and I expect him to get traded. So I'm actually I'm trying to sell high on Lou Williams, if I can get a guy who I'm comfortable with, who I believe will be a top 40 fantasy player for the rest of the way, I will trade Lou Williams for him. Um, but if he, you know, there is some risk involved in doing that because if he does stick with the Clippers, he'll continue to hold similar value. No one in LA is saying we need to get more shots for CJ Williams and Milos. <laughs> that's exactly right. And talk about a gun for hire. That's basically been the tail of the tape of his whole career. Lou Williams, that is. Six teams over his last seven years. He is always at the top of the list when it comes to potential trade candidates because of who he is as a player. He's essentially a six-man off the bench, and every contending team needs a legitimate six-man off the bench. It's as simple as that. So that's a good way to break it down, gentlemen. Um, One more points per game. TJ Warren of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Josh Jackson had been starting over him, I believe, to begin the season, and for the majority of the season, Josh Jackson has slowly but surely fallen out of the rotation where he even got a DN pcd the other day and in his place tj warren is averaging 20 minutes per game on this young son's team can warren continue to average 20 points per game can he keep it up i i'm gonna say yes it my initial reaction because booker's now back is no but again since booker's returned we've seen tj warren actually in improve on his play slightly you know he's poured in 26 28 31 points i like him he's a good fit 
alongside Booker and what that team's doing, what that team's doing this year. I actually, I don't think he's a long-term option for them, but they need someone to score and you have Booker who's going to get as however many shots he wants. And there's not much else behind that. So it should be pretty easy for Warren to get, get enough usage and attempts to score 19 to 20 points per game. And, and can play power forward. And I know Chris is only 20 years old, but he's also shooting 43% at the power forward spot. None of their youngsters are legit power forwards yet. You're, you're mentioning a Marquise, Chris. I just want, I want to give him a shout out. A shout out. I was about to do the opposite of that. Then you're not paying attention. He has been on fire for the past two weeks. Uh, he, he's, He's pulling down double doubles. He's averaging about 15 points and, and eight rebounds per game, getting blocks and steals over the last five or six contests. He's, it actually looks like he's turned a corner and is starting to fulfill some of that promise we saw from late last season. Um, and he's doing that alongside Warren playing well with Booker's return. This team, is, it almost seems like the Suns are starting to kind of dedicate more time to those three which I think is interesting. And if Marquise Chris, Marquise Chris is worth picking up in most formats right now. That is definitely, definitely true from a fantasy perspective. However, um, radio broadcasters tend to be a little more candid than your TV broadcasters are. And if you listen to a radio broadcast games of the Phoenix Suns, you will know and you will hear that they often put him on blast. That guy's just in the wrong place. He's doing the wrong thing. Um, on Twitter the other day, too, I've seen um, where the Suns were on this run. They had the momentum, and then he just committed a dumb technical foul. Like Stuff like that is not going to show up in the bo- – well, it technically does in the box score, but when it comes to fantasy. But he has an expiration date with that kind of stuff and not being as intelligent on defense as some of the other guys. He gets a pass because he's 20 years old on a rebuilding team, and that works just fine for fantasy this season. But in the long run, I don't feel comfortable having having him as a long-term keeper, I would get rid of him now. I would trade him high right now because I don't think that a competent NBA team competing for a playoff spot is going to utilize him on the court for many minutes. Every every young player, every 20-year-old is going to have growing pains. He's 6'10". He's a freak athletic. athletically. He can hit threes, get steals and blocks. They absolutely should put him on the floor so he can work through those mistakes, which I, I think that's where, that's where it seems like the Suns have made a change in their direction this year. They actually were playing pretty well after getting rid of Earl Watson. They're competitive, and, and Marquise Chris really wasn't a big part of the rotation at that time. It seems like they put more responsibility into his hands, and yes, he's making, he's making mistakes, but he's also showing great strides the last couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm highly encouraged by what I've seen from him. And I think he's a very intriguing keeper and, and a good, could be a good option for the last half of this season. I just want to say that it is so incredibly fitting that during T.J. Warren's segment, we spent most of the time talking about somebody else because <laughs> T.J. Warren is one of the most underrated, under-talked about, under-appreciated players. And, and really, like his style of play isn't that flashy. It's not like super fun to watch. And it is just so incredibly fitting that we found a way not to even talk about T.J. Warren. That guy gets Let's say no something love around the league. Let's say yeah. something positive, though. Yeah. Uh, the positive for, uh, for Warren is, the Suns have two centers that 
shouldn't be shooting. So there should be lots of shots for sure. both Chris and Warren. I think yeah. I just think it's so funny though that he's just as young as those other guys. He's just as talented as as most of those guys, and nobody talks about them when they talk about the Phoenix core. It's it's hilarious to me. Well, Warren's twenty four. Those other twenty year olds. He should be playing better than those guys. At yes. 24, he's got he's got more experience. Yeah, 20 and 24 is a pretty huge difference. There's also there's also a problem with Warren, whereas he doesn't really fit today's NBA. He he has the body of a three. He's like Demar Derozan, he kind of, but he, like a lesser version sure. of Demar Derozan. Uh, six a, eight, six eight, six eight. He has the body of a three. Doesn't necessarily have the athleticism of most threes in the NBA, in my opinion. And he also can't hit three pointers, so it's really hard. And he's not great at defense, so it's really it's really hard for them. Like, yes, he can score. You know, eighteen feet in, the guy can score. But he doesn't do anything else. It, it's worth. He's he's not even kind of like Demar Rosen. He's kind of like a poor man. Demar Rosen's poor cousin. <laughs> well, I think it's a fair comp, but you're right. He's nowhere near the league that Demar Derozan is. That being said, he has shown strides in progression over his four year career, where all his averages have slowly but surely gone up. Let's keep it moving here. I, we, I, I, yeah. TJ Waring is a polarizing figure. Um, Partly because nobody wants to talk about him, um, because he he just doesn't have the game that people want to talk about. And and he and Greg Monroe need to get in the same time machine. There you go. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good comp there. Let's move it on to a veteran of the league, JJ Barea. Can he keep it up? Can he continue to average six per, six assists per game? Now, granted, um, we know the situation over the last few years. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks have had a turns table of point guards and shooting guards, where you know all reliable guys but they play them all 20 minutes and that's about it that being said if if Bray is averaging six assists per game that has a lot of value in a lot of leagues because assists are hard to find so can Berea keep it up and average six assists per game for the remainder of the season wah 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 Berea is the Kenneth Fareed of point guards in that it's not a fantasy te- season so you pick him up and then drop him that's great <laughs> like, comp. that's a great comp okay. you know like he always has his little two week three week flash in the pan and then yeah they move on to yogi then they'll move back to smith and then you know uh and i don't blame dallas for shoveling things around that team's terrible and there's no future in jj barea he's like 140 years old how old is barea 33 you know what's funny is that's how old carmelo anthony is and for whatever reason i think carmelo anthony is like got more years left than jj barea does maybe that's the way they move on the court but they're the same he absolutely does because anyone who's five foot two and is playing in the nba doesn't, yeah, sure. doesn't play along. Sure. I, I here's the thing that's interesting about Berea. He's averaging six assists per game. Career you, high. You would assume that's because, you know, there were stretches where Dennis Smith missed time and so and so missed time. But it's actually improved. Like even Dennis Smith's back now. And you look so you look at the six assists for the season, but you look at the past 30, 30 days, it's seven assists. Past fourteen days, it's eight. Past seven days, it's nine. Like he's actually increasing his assist output. But even with that being the case, I think it goes down. I think it's going to drop back down to four and a half or five per game, for the, and that's where it'll end at the season. And the reason is, is because this is Dennis Smith's team. We're starting to see, yeah, it should be. And they kind of they kept him on a leash for the first stretch. Obviously, he did miss some time, but he's starting to round into form. Um, he's performing the last few games. He's done really well. He put it... Put together a triple double against New Orleans last week, nineteen four and six, fourteen two and eight. 
So he's starting to get more more assists as well. I mean, that that's following a stretch of games where he wasn't scoring in double digits, really wasn't getting any assists. But I think these last three games in which we've seen Smith average 18 points and eight assists, that's what we should expect from him going forward. I think the keys are going to be handed off to him, and he's going to be able to run wild the last half of the season. One small change there, a big change, Shannon. Yeah, it's Dennis Smith's team and Maxi Kleber's team. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on from that one. Sleeper that, time. That's one of the most surprising things to come out of this season is that a guy named Maxi is, <laughs> is playing well in the NBA. Uh, very, very similar situation. I want to ask you guys the same uh, same question. Jared Jack, who's 34 years old, playing above, again, a rookie point guard, Frankie uh, Nilakina. And Jared Jack somehow has managed to average six assists per game, kind of out of nowhere, just like Berea, has this rookie breathing down his neck. Can Jared Jack average six assists per game, which, again, is very valuable in just about every single type of format? I uh, should, but Frank can't shoot. Neither can Jack. That's <laughs> true. Uh, it's true, but I think they're worried about Fr- Frankie Smoke's mental health where they don't care if Jack blows out both his knees. You know, they, they're, they're going to be cautious with a 19-year-old. Well, I I think the thing about Jared Jack is, and the difference between him and Berea, Berea actually gets you steals. He gets you three-pointers. He scores 13 points per game. Jared Jack doesn't score. He doesn't hit three-pointers. All he does is get assists. But, again, this is a situation where the Knicks are going to give Frankie Smokes more time. The Knicks are also looking at Trey Burke, who is absolutely torching the G League. I know, you know, people will probably be like, ah, Trey Burke's garbage. That's fine. He's only 25. He's averaging 27 points per game down in the G League. Like, I could see a scenario where, where they do call him up and hand him minutes over Jarrett Jack, because what is the damn point of giving Jarrett Jack minutes, especially if you're not going to make, make the playoffs? I just, I don't get it. I don't think Jarrett Jack continues to play as much as he has. I would actually... I, I, I'm okay stating that for the final 30, well, we'll say final 25 games of the next season, I don't think Jarrett Jack will be a part of the rotation. When Jack plays, I'm always looking for blood to start trickling out of his knees. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's true, but it's sad. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great way to break it down, Shannon, is that you know these guys are having minutes right now. Who knows at the end of the season if that's going to be the case, especially in Jarrett Jack's case. Uh, Trey Burke, side note on him, he was a late bloomer in college, just like Ken decided to mention with um, – Oladipo. Oladipo and, you know, Trey Burke, you know, a little bit of a late bloomer where he needed another year um, in in college to make things work. So I'm not surprised by any means that, you know, maybe he'll be a late bloomer in the NBA. Although when it comes to efficiency, he was one of the worst players in the league back in his Utah days. But still, anyways, last one here. We're going to keep it in New York with Courtney Lee. Courtney Lee, we don't often talk about free throw percentage, but he has made 64 of 67 free throws this season, good for 95.5%. Again, we don't mention that, that all that much at all, but free throw percentage, when it comes to fantasy categories, means just as much as points. And so let's spend a little bit of time on it. This guy has helped you, improved you drastically in this category. Can he keep it up? Can he continue to average, let's just say, 93, 94, 95% from the line, which is incredibly valuable. And one of the reasons. Ranked 56th on Yahoo. And and again, yeah, free throw percentage is is one of the reasons. And of course, Mm -hmm. he's been having a good year. Uh, 64, 67. Can he keep it up, guys? 
Yeah, he's a thousand years old. He's going to keep shooting well at the free throw line. Why not? Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's really the free throw percentages are. You know, that's great. It when you weight it though, he's only taking one point eight attempts per game. It doesn't. It helps, of course, but it doesn't make a a huge difference on your overall team free throw percentage. Uh, it would be great if he was taking five or six attempts per game. Um, but it's the three-pointers and the steals that make him really intriguing. And, of course, the minutes played. 1.7 three-pointers per game, 1.4 steals, uh, 13 points. He's playing 32-plus 30, minutes. That might dip a little bit when Tim Hardaway returns. Uh, but even even bef- before Hardaway's injury, Courtney Leo was playing a lot of minutes. So I, I think he'll still see 30-plus minutes. Steals and threes are really the areas where he's going to help your fantasy squad. All right, fair enough. You guys take a breather here while I I talk about FanDuel. They have new contests starting every day, which means no busted seasons, as a lot of you out there are starting to realize as we get deeper and deeper into the season-long leagues. There's something for everyone, lots of contests to choose from, starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. We're going to talk about our Friday FanDuel picks after Ken gives us his old man rant here. We are three of over 2.5 million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. And to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Let me repeat that. A free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Ken, K-Train, Kreitz, the floor is yours. What? is Latvian for man up. <laughs> Christoph's Porzingis is tired, and he wants everyone to know it. After Wednesday's loss against Washington, he said, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm so tired right now. I have one day to rest my legs and get back and play better and have more energy and try to bring the team's energy up. We're in a tough stretch. The mental part doesn't help at all. When it's mentally tough, you don't have it in you. Boo effing who? I am so sick of players whining. Popovich rests his guys every time a nap is cut short. You think Wes Unsell, Bill Embiid, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Dr. J, did they complain about having to play every night? Sure, maybe they were coked up, but they can't cared. They played. They busted ass. Didn't the NBA just adjust the schedule to give today's crybabies more sleepy time? Krista Perzingis is making a rookie option at $4.5 million. He's making $4.5 You are not tired. Ernie Banks didn't say, let's play two, but only if I can take a five-hour nap. I was in Boston. I was in Boston Wednesday night for the uh, what should have been the great Celtics-Cavalier game. I paid crazy money for it. I drove four hours one way each way to see it in a snowstorm. It should have been a rare January marquee matchup. Instead, the Cavs on the second of a back-to-back rested IT and phoned in a total crap effort. LeBron James and Kevin Love sat the whole fourth quarter. Man up, NBA! Man up! I just want to end the podcast. That was an all-timer, Ken. And that is what old man rants are made of. (laughs) I have nothing to add except I agree with every syllable that you just gave us. I was so angry in that four-hour drive in the snow. I had to get up at five to avoid the uh, 
cyborg bomb storm thing. And for I'm, I'm hungover. It's a four-hour drive in the snow. <laughs> it's 5 a.m. And I'm so bitter. I just paid through. I, I paid crazy money to see one and a half teams play basketball. Oh. Oh. Ah. Wow. Cyborg bomb. Cyborg bomb. <laughs> what do they call the storm? I don't know. Some crazy. Some cyclone. Put that in my yeah, cyclone bomb. Put that in my miss my my, my screwed up names. Cyborg. Oh, wow, yeah, you've been doing so well. All right, guys, <laughs> let's finish this off if we can. I feel like I need to go on vacation after that one. Um, I'll get a towel. With Hold our on. Friday fan. I'm sweating in here. We're not we're like what are we, like a thousand miles away from each other and I'm I'm feeling it. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about our Friday FanDuel picks. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with a broader topic, as I often do. Um, on Wednesday, Shannon, the Spurs decided to rest a great majority of their players. A lot of people leaned into the people who started in their place, and a lot of people lost money because of, they, because of doing that. Bryn Forbes was one of the highest-owned players. He went out there and got you, like, what was it, like eight FanDuel points. Um, my PSA is that with the Spurs in particular, and it, with some other teams and with some other players, you can't just assume because they're starting they're going to see a bunch of fantasy production. It goes beyond that. They still have that Spurs mentality where they're going to kind of even out the rotation. Everybody's going to play their part. Um, so PSA for me is that even though it looks like Bryn Forbes will start again tonight, um, and maybe some other guys that no, don't normally start on the Spurs will you know, watch out, beware. Um, you really, really have to be cautious, especially with the Spurs with that type of situation. Yeah, I mean, they're they're risky in that in that scenario. Kyle Anderson still had an okay night. Um, I I rolled with with uh, Murray at point guard because he was he was thirty five hundred dollars minimum price player on on FanDuel. Only had seven point two fantasy points. Basically killed my lineup on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, the the correct play on Wednesday would have been just riding Lamarcus Aldridge, which only fourteen percent of yeah. players did in most tournaments. So it's crazy that that that's how it came out because he was the only legitimate NBA player on the court. Yeah, him and Paul Gasol were the only ones, and those were the two you really wanted to play. Again, Kyle Anderson did have a good night, but or a, a, an okay night. He scored about twenty six fantasy points, but he was too he was too expensive. I think he was close to five thousand. Um, it just you have to be weary of those minimum price players that are not always going to pan out, uh, but when they do, it's usually worth the risk. So tonight the Suns are playing, or the the Spurs are playing the Suns. Uh, it looks like right now the expected starting five expected that we have for the Spurs: Parker, Forbes, Leonard, Aldridge, Gasol. Getting back to more of uh, a standard lineup that they'd have. We already know that Rudy Gay is going to be out. Danny Green is out. So Forbes could well start. Manu Ginobili is game time decision. So um, not quite the case where we can just pick one of those guys out because it could be a team effort of, you know, you know Parker, Leonard, Aldridge, Gasol. Um, big caveat here is they're playing the, the freaking Suns, you know. So who knows how many minutes all those guys I just mentioned might only end up playing, what, 22, 23 minutes. It's entirely possible. Depends on how many 15-footers T.J. Warren hits. Oh, nice. <laughs> Way to tie this podcast together. Ken, why don't you give us one of your picks today if, if you've cooled off and, and got a cold shower since we've heard from you last. Uh, release the bobin. Release the bobin. Uh, Andre Drummond, questionable. So you got to check this before, uh, before uh, tip-off. But uh, Miranovic is only 5,300 against Philadelphia. Great game uh, Wednesday when Drummond was out. I think fifteen and eight. Uh, 
So yeah, I release the Bobin. Yeah, I'm, I, Ken, he certainly is intriguing if Drummond sits again. The one issue I have is he was $3,500. He, he was a minimum price player on Wednesday, um, which why he was such an obvious play. Uh, you know, he was a chalk play and, and returned great value. At 5300 I'm worried. Uh, I'm worried that, yeah, yeah, he could still give you four or five times value, but there's there's more there's a, there's a more risk built in there, and there's actually cheaper centers who I like. One guy I like is Gortat. Um, he's coming off a decent game. His numbers have been down this season, especially over the past month, um, but he's coming off a decent game. And the reason why I like him on Friday is because of the matchup against Memphis. My, my thought process there is just he's more likely to see 25 to 30 minutes playing against a team like Memphis than he is some of the other teams where you saw his you know, against against the Rockets or the Hawks who don't have legit centers, you see his minutes scale back. Going against Marcus Saul, I think he's going to be out on the court more, and you'll see him play. You know, closer to thirty minutes. You know, I'm. You know what? I'm convinced. I actually just changed my lineup to Gratat. You got me. Dwight Howard is an interesting play. Um, revenge game narrative. Take it for what what it's worth. I lean into it quite. Quite often, you know, people are just kind of tired of Dwight Howard. He also plays for the Charlotte Hornets, and people don't like talking about the Charlotte Hornets, but he is returning to Staples Center to face the Lakers. Um, I mean, on his massive shoulders, there's a chip there somewhere um, with his whole Laker ordeal. He's got so many places he dislikes. I mean, right. He's he's kind of getting spread thin on the revenge. That's true. Yeah, it's it's like half the half the schedule is a revenge game for him. But you know, that's somebody who can light it up. Um, The big motivation factor for Howard when when you can tell he's motivated, he he goes out there and he grabs twenty rebounds. And I certainly think that's the type of night, the type of motivation he could be entering the game with. Um, If he goes out there, gets you know you know he can easily get twenty rebounds, throw in a few blocks, maybe even twenty points, and boom, we're talking about a pretty good value at some. Something like the upper eight thousands, eighty six hundred dollars. Um, you know, if you need to go cheaper, then certainly go for somebody like Gortat, like Shannon was saying. Yeah, a couple couple guys I like um, who really aren't talked about a lot, and this is actually a pretty low scoring NBA night. Like the the over unders are pretty low because you don't have the Rockets playing, mm-hmm. um, you don't have Golden State playing. Um, I like Kyle Lowry, and I rarely do, but he's at seventy five hundred. And he's coming off just last week. He had a big game. Um, I'm sorry, on on Monday, he had a big game against Milwaukee, who he faces on Friday. Cheaper than Chris Dunn. Exactly. Cheaper than Chris Dunn. That's insane to me. And he he just poured in 45 fantasy points against Milwaukee at the beginning of this week. So I like him at 7,500. Dennis Smith, who we talked about earlier, he's on a good roll right now. He's averaging about 35 35 to 36 fantasy points per game over the past three. He's got a matchup at home against Chicago. Um, Kyle Kuzma, the the toast of the town, toast of toast of all NBA circles. Just a few cup, you know, few short weeks ago, um, is already down to six thousand dollars after two or three so so outings. But at six thousand, and the fact that he has forty or fifty point upside, and we've seen it uh, on a pretty regular basis this season, makes me makes him a highly intriguing option for for tonight. He played well against OKC um, on Wednesday, but the game was just out of hand. They lost, you know, they got blown out by thirty points or whatever. So he only played twenty eight minutes. Um, if you give him thirty five minutes that night, he, he's giving you pretty good value. Um, so I like him at home against Charlotte as well. Yeah, great picks all around. 
Um, Kemba Walker, $8,000, right, Ken? Do you think that there's any value there with... Uh, well, and, and possibly playing against a dinged-up uh, Alonzo Ball, right? So, uh, And the Lakers are third worst in giving up fantasy points uh, to point guards. So uh, it's a little chalky play, but yeah, I like Walker a lot. Yeah. Uh, to add to the low over-unders, um, you know, you mentioned the good teams that raised those over-unders. Pacers and Nets both not playing, and you know, they usually raise up uh, the over-unders quite a bit. Now, let me ask you a more philosophical question, since we don't always do this during the segment, but it's, it's still interesting to talk about. When you know that maybe there's going to be less scoring across the slate of games, does that change in any way the type of players you target, Shannon? Does it does it really bear when the whole slate of games, not just singling out one, has a lower point total overall? Does that you know do you target players that get more rebounds, or is there anything like that that we can kind of lean into? Um, you know, when there's no games over 120 over under, or rather 240, I should say. No, not necessarily. And I actually, I like nights like tonight more um, because we also, we don't have the Pelicans on the slate. Uh, you you have a lot of the those high-priced guys, those superstars, Russ Westbrook, Anthony Davis, Cousins, Durant, Curry, uh, James Harden, he's hurt. But there's so many, all the top-priced players are off the board tonight. And, and I like that because I'm... I feel like I do a better job targeting those mid value price players, those seven to six to seven, six six to eight thousand dollar players, and targeting which ones are going to have a good night. And you can really capitalize if that if that's your money area, you can capitalize on that tonight because there's only a couple players who are ten thousand plus that are that are that are available for tonight's slate. So. There's a lot of guys. I mean, I think the Milwaukee-Toronto game because the over/under is the highest of the night. Um, you know, we have recent a recent game against those two teams. We can kind of get an idea how things are going to play out. That's a good one to target. Bulls-Mavericks, two bad young teams that I think are going to score a boatload of points. Uh, Phoenix, the Phoenix-Spurs game would be interesting, but at the same time, you've got the the most lopsided game of the evening as well. Spurs are favored by almost twelve points. That could be so lopsided that you move off of Spurs. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, to to your point, no, I don't. I don't make a lot of exceptions. Um, I still look at over under, and I think there's more flexibility with the type of lineups you choose because there there's just not as many expensive players out there. Okay, I think that's a good place to end it on. Let's go into K-Train's mispronounced names. Been doing so well. I, I think the first 85% of the pod, you, you were clean. Um, Cyborg Bomb instead of Cyclone, I think that's what... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Cyclone. Yeah, that was, uh, I was at full anger then. So Cyborg I, any, Bomb is way, way cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, Sarkito. Ken, either Ken or Shannon entered, entered no accent in the KP tired quote. Was that what I was? What I was doing that was me actually. When Ken, I was doing the you are not allowed voice. to touch this section. Oh, I'm not. You're not allowed. I'm not allowed to add to it when I screw up. I just maybe I should have done the whiny voice with a Latvian accent. I'm not sure I'm capable of that. But I, it was golden. I don't think a, a dang thing needs to be changed from your old man all rant. The, the last right. one is you you butchered uh, Boban Marjanovic pretty bad there a couple yeah. times. We're you went with Maranovic. Yeah. Um, which is like moron of itch instead of yeah. Marjanovic yeah. and then yeah. uh, Boban instead of Boban. 
Getting the Boban wrong, I'm particularly upset about because I like yelling Boban when they show him occasionally. That's it. You know, that's you know what's funny is that you, you have pronounced cool all these names correctly at one point or another. The funny part and the reason we keep going back to the segment is just that you'll just randomly throw in a, a terribly mispronounced name when you get it right three times in a row. It's, I should never recommend an Eastern European player for uh, <laughs> for DFS. It's just a train wreck waiting to happen. You will never hear me say their their full name. I know. Like, unless their name is is Jeff Smith, I never say a player. That's, that's a sneaky. That's a sneaky thing of the industry, right. and yeah. that uh, yeah. yeah, a lot of people will stick with Giannis or Greek Freak, and that means they're afraid. That means they're afraid to say Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm terrified. Antetokounmpo. I can't Antetokounmpo. keep it up. Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo. <laughs> All right. Hope everybody can keep it up out there for the rest of the season. That oh, is oh, listening oh, to this podcast, this fantasy basketball podcast presented by FanDuel. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been an all timer. Ken, why don't you get us out? out of here yeah we're going to end with uh former lakers forward and then Knicks coach uh kurt rambis uh when playing for the lakers after a period of play in which he was kicked in the head knocked to the floor and shoved out of bounds he said hey i was just getting acquainted with the wood i wanted to see if it was maple or pine and i thought for the keeping it up segment we'd stick with the wood theme attention passengers this three car fantasy train has hit the end of the line whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system yet then you'll want to listen up This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.